Hello and welcome to the Data Protection Tea Break. I'm Kirsty Bugor and in this episode, the Bailiwick's Data Protection Commissioner, Emma Martins, is going to help me look back at what 2022 has brought us here at the ODPA. I like to think that we're on a journey together with the community we're here to protect and regulate, striving to work together to find the best ways to care for people's personal data. So looking at the past year, what have we achieved and what have we learned that we can all take forward to next year, which means we're also going to look ahead to 2023. What are our plans and goals and how will the fast-paced technological changes we're seeing influence our work? Welcome and hello to Emma. Always a pleasure to have a chance to sit down and chat with you. We're not quite at the end of the year yet. We're recording on the last day of November, but the end of the year and the holidays are definitely in sight. So firstly, why do you think it's so important that we reflect on the events of 2022? Hi Kirsty, it's great to be here and have a chat about the year that's about to end and a little look forward to 2023. So I think I feel strongly that that reflecting on what you're doing, um, why you're doing it and what the outcomes have been and and are is really important for us, both from a professional perspective, but also a personal perspective. Your life goes by so incredibly fast, uh, especially in recent years, I think, and we can easily get caught up with the flow and the speed of it without really taking those moments to make sure that the direction of travel is where we actually want to be going. And I do try and take those moments myself where I can, and I do make sure that we as an organisation take those moments. And I think they're, they are invaluable for all sorts of reasons. And, and one of the reasons I think we must be absolutely alive to the fact that we are, all of us now, uh, entirely immersed in data these days, and the data that we produce ourselves and we give away, data that, that other people produce about us, I mean, the data trail that we leave these days is utterly staggering and it's it's growing. And data has the power to impact us both positively, um, but also negatively. So we, we really do need to be having these conversations to try and encourage the positive stuff, if you like, and, and really get rid of or at least reduce the impact of the negative. And I think um, maybe lastly, reflecting on what we as a regulatory office have done over this last year, It does encourage us, um, I hope, to be really open and accountable to our regulated community. And they're the people that we're here for at the end of the day. You know, the law gives us really significant powers. And I I hate to sound cliched about this, but that does come, you know, with responsibilities, which we take seriously. And I think accountability is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Our focus continues to be on prevention first. It's all about trying to stop harms in the first place. So in our current strategic plan, we did set out to support organisations and develop and maintain effective relationships with them. So what do you think the steps or activities that we've actioned this year, um, what ones of those do you think have really helped us further that aim? So perhaps one of the most important observations um, that I would make after a number of years working in data protection, um, quite a few years now, it's actually very rare to find an organisation or an individual that sets out sort of deliberately to um, ignore and flout the law. I mean, it's a big piece of legislation and people do find it quite difficult to navigate. Not, Not all people, but some people do. So we've got a choice, I think. We can either sit back uh, and wait for those people to misnavigate, if you like, uh, or we can try and get in there early uh, to try and help them to navigate safely and navigate in a way that helps their business and their clients. I mean, everybody wins if we get this right. Um, So our communications and our outreach work to try and 
help organisations and help individuals engage and understand their obligations and then fulfil it in, in a positive and constructive way. I mean, that, that work isn't frivolous. Um, it's absolutely core and it's absolutely fundamental to what we do. So those relationships, that outreach, I think, is at the very heart of, of what we are trying to do to improve uh, compliance in this area. Mm, it just makes good sense, doesn't it? Because you can't, it's very difficult to put things right when it comes to data, but if you can just stop it in the first place, then everyone wins, like you say. But unfortunately, inevitably, sometimes things do go wrong. But obviously, our approach is to educate first. And the key for us is to try and learn from these errors and try to find ways to prevent more of the same in the future. So what can we take from the cases where we have had to make public statements about the things that have gone wrong to help us support the regulated community? I mean, public statements are important for the reasons I've already touched on around the accountability it's also important because it allows us, uh, it allows for really a learning and an improvement of where things have gone wrong. And that's really, really important, I think. You know, some of the things that we have seen that are really critical learning points for us all, and I include our own office in this. I mean, th- th- these are these are challenges that, that every organisation that handles personal data face. But there's a lot of learning that can come from looking where things have not gone well in the past. So the things that we've seen, I think, over the last year, some of the key headlines... You know, data subject access requests, that's constantly up there. You know, be ready as an organisation for somebody to ask for a copy of their data, have a process, practice it, do tabletop exercises, have somebody that understands uh, what responding to these things looks like and how you're going to manage it in practice. And really treat people with respect um, and enable them and encourage them to exercise their rights. It, It may take some time and admin, yes, but it's an important right for individuals. Um, this transparency and accountability, I've talked about that already a little bit, you know, really make sure people understand how their data is going to be used, what you're going to do with their data. Nothing should come as a surprise. Um, and make sure you understand the lawful processing conditions that you're using. And, and these are all things that for some people may be a, a, a language they're not familiar with. You can find this stuff on our on our website if you need more. But the lawful processing conditions really are important to understand. And of, and of course, we hear a lot about cybersecurity, the importance of keeping data safe in, in, in the digital environment. It's really, really valuable stuff for any business. So look after it with that in mind. And you know, last but not least, I think we see this constantly as well, that engaging early, whether that's with somebody who is communicating with you around a data issue or complaining to you about a data issue, or whether it's communicating with us because we have received a complaint from someone, really take the time to engage early. It makes a huge, huge difference all round. So you mentioned there um, about the things that we can learn from, and, and obviously we do have a number of initiatives in place already that strive to bring us closer to the community and to help educate and support people. And that's another part of our strategic plan to elevate the discussions around personal data and obviously to try and engage the wider community in a positive way. So we've got Project Bijou, we've got the Schools Programme, and recently we've been working with the Guernsey Community Foundation, which are all fantastic initiatives. So how do you feel these projects have developed over the past year? and and are we achieving the aims that we set out for you know it's it's such a privilege to do the work that we do and being able to work in a small community means that we have very much easier and I think more productive relationships uh, and communications with our community and that that really matters and can be so effective when we're trying to work as a community to to deliver good outcomes and I believe really strongly that what we stand for 
essentially treating people with respect and with dignity. That's something that we all as a community have a vested interest in, isn't it? You know, we're all affected these days. And therefore, we should all have the opportunity to be involved. So we feel very strongly at the office here that inclusivity uh, is, is really fundamental to the work we do. And being in a small community it also means that we can um, work with other people and partner with other people and other organisations in the bailiwick to, to help understand to help them understand the rights that, that people have and the responsibilities that they have around data. I mean, the work that we are doing and will continue to do in partnership with the Youth Commission in the schools and our Bijou Seeds programme and the work to support the Community Foundation, which you talked about. I mean, these are particularly close to my heart, I think, because you know that really is about supporting those who are often the most vulnerable uh, and, and often those who have the least resources that they can tap into to help with you know legal and compliance responsibilities. And you asked if, if we're achieving our aims. Well, you know, this is always going to be work in progress. It will never be done as such. We want to do more. You know, we're a small team, so we need to be realistic. But we also want to be ambitious. And I think being in a small community allows us to, to be um, both those things mm-hmm. and be both those things well. But we do that in collaboration and cooperation with the wider community. Yeah, and we can be approachable in a way that perhaps if we were in a larger jurisdiction, it would be difficult for them to be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It really matters, doesn't it? Um, So looking globally then outside of the bailiwick, I mean, there have been many challenges around the world, unfortunately, that can't help but affect us here in the bailiwick. I mean, how do you think these events have altered or influenced what we've been doing here at the ODPA? I mean, yeah, it's been a really challenging few years for a great many people for all sorts of reasons. Uh, And I think perhaps one headline on that from my perspective is that we've been reminded of the fragility of some of the things in our lives, many of which we perhaps took for granted a bit before. You know, we frame conversations around data protection and around data rights. Uh, We often frame those against the wider backdrop of human rights because that's, I think, where they sit. Uh, And recent events have really shown us that we should never, ever take those for granted. You know, the rights that we have, the protections, uh, the freedoms, they need looking after and they need nurturing. So it reminds us of the the small role we have, but it's a role uh, in that wider picture. Yeah, and it's a reminder of how the laws came about in the first place with the atrocities of the Second World War. And unfortunately, it just seems history is repeating itself, which it continues to do. Yeah, very, very sad. For a number of reasons, it's very sad with, with the pandemic and the war. It's, it does feel like we're looking back in history sometimes. But um, as I say, it also reminds us of the importance of, of fulfilling our duty in a, in a robust and independent way um, that has a direct impact on people's lives, because mm-hmm. it really does matter. It does, definitely. And actually, although we are a small jurisdiction, you yourself have spoken at several international events and conferences this year. Um, So you do have a voice on the global platform. And how do you think the data protection community has been affected by world events? Yeah, it's been really a huge honour to be asked to talk about some of the work that we are doing here, especially around Bijou. There's a lot of interest around Bijou. That interest has come from outside the islands and it's been really terrific and, and a great privilege for me. And I think it shows that, that these issues are really global and they're shared. We all face the same challenges. Of course, we're not the same as a large regulator in a really large country. They face you know, different challenges, of course, but there are lots of things that are shared. And in some ways, we are a bit of a microcosm of the wider you know, data protection community. And I sense that world events have, as I mentioned before, served as a sobering reminder to to us all, the whole of that community and beyond of of how fortunate we are, but also of our role in in ensuring that our own community have as as much protection uh, as possible. Mm. Well, hopefully we can all move on and learn from 2022. 
Uh, but looking ahead then to 2023, we're obviously going to continue to see that fast-paced change in innovation in cyberspace, and um, potentially also how personal data can be used for good, but also, unfortunately, probably for more nefarious reasons as well. I mean, what do you think about looking forward in those through those lenses? Yeah, I mean, something, uh, I've said this before, it's been a real source of frustration for me over many years, um, is this sense that that data protection, the laws around it, somehow uh, are designed or set out to block innovation and to block progress, especially around technology. I mean, that's simply not true. And, and, I, and I'd like us to try and reframe some of those conversations or encourage a reframing, at least. You know, this is really about protecting us and protecting some of the most vulnerable in our society. I mean, there are, there are so few areas, if you think about it, where we have such a low expectation or, or maybe better to describe it as a low tolerance of regulatory controls. You think about car safety or air safety or financial services and protections around there. We, you know, we understand the risks in these areas if the compliance standards aren't there. You know, we don't really move that across to data. So, But data really does have the power now to cause us very, very real harm. So, so I want to try and encourage us to look at the protection of data as a sort of integral to everything else that we do, not not as just some pointless uh, admin burden um, or just to be tacked on at the end at the end of something. You know, the technology itself, the data itself, is is neither good nor bad. It's just what we decide to do with it that matters, and that's what has the potential for good or bad. So. You know, we can choose to be part of that conversation and, and those decisions, importantly, or we can just sit back and allow others to make those decisions and have those conversations in our name. And, you know, I know which one I would prefer for myself, but also the next generation, you know. And I think it's important to, to understand that law is, is, is important itself, but it's only one part of a bigger jigsaw, public engagement and public interest, public pressure, you know, and public expectation. These are really, really powerful Influences, So we need to do all we can to be inclusive and accessible, but understand that law is only one element of that. Mm. It's back to that thing you say before about um, thinking ethically, so not about whether we can do something or whether we should, looking at how we use the technology. Yeah. Um, so moving back then to look at us um, and the ODPA here. So obviously we've got a new strategic plan that will be coming out in 2023. What are our new then key objectives or hopes, the tr- strategic aims to give them their proper title for the ODPA next year? I mean, firstly, the point of a strategic plan is is to uh, ensure that we are really clear about why we're here and uh, what we want to do and how we want to do it. We need to be clear for ourselves, but we want to be clear for our community as well. And we regularly publish updates about, um, about our strategic plan and the work that flows from it. And, and we still want to do as much of, of that as we can and to continue to support what, what we call enlightened compliance, you know, preventing things from going wrong in the first place. And that does remain a very high priority for us uh, looking ahead. And uh, one, the one point I, I think is very important to mention here is one of our key objectives is, is to commit to ensuring that as much of our output and our communications is written in plain English as possible. You know, it's really it's it's surprising how hard that is to do in in this environment. But it's so important. You know, data protection impacts every single person in these islands, and if we make the language entirely inaccessible, or we're pointing people to, to you know to hundreds of pages of bits of law, we're there then making it much harder for them to engage with this, or take an interest, or understand that it's about them. You know, and lack of engagement means lack of of, of power. It's disempowering to people. So. 
making the language accessible and meaningful is a really, really important part of the work we do. And we'll, we, I really want to continue to do that and, and build on that in, in the coming months and years. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? We need to make it easy for people. And um, language is very important in helping people to do that. Um, and I really don't want to say this, but sadly for us, your term as commissioner does come to an end in 2023. And so what hopes do you have for the future of the ODPA and the people of the bailiwick? Yeah, my time here has been some of the most uh, rewarding uh, of my professional career. And, and as sad as I will be, because I will be very, very sad, I'm also incredibly proud to, to have worked with a, a really exceptional team. Um, you know, I'm proud that we've built something. We build a regulatory office that does its job with very genuine focus and very genuine integrity. You know, we're only a small island, but we really can and should be proud of, of what we achieve in this space. You know, and the reg- looking ahead, the regulatory challenges in this space are only going to increase. And, and the importance of, of regulating and looking after data effectively is only going to increase too. And I'm really, really confident that the office is, is well placed to respond to and handle all of that and, and more. I'm sure I speak for the team when I say that, you know, we've all found it such a privilege to work with you and you you so inspire us with your, the thoughts and the wider picture that you're able to give data. I mean, you will be very sadly missed. (laughs) But (laughs) I can't imagine, though, that this will be the end of your involvement in data protection and in trying to make the world a safer place for us all. So you've already made a huge difference locally and it's clear that your voice is respected internationally. So you're often asked to speak at a lot of high profile conferences. I mean, how do you hope to continue to use your voice and what are the key issues that you think should now be focused on? For those that know me, you know me, Kirsty. Um, I'm a great one for quotes because other people say things much more eloquently than I do. Um, so at the risk of sounding a bit cliched again, um, I'm going to reference a quote from Simon Sinek, which is, Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. And I really do have a passion for this. I believe that the rights we have around data are fundamental to um, our ability to live to live out our lives with respect and, and with dignity. And I think importantly, we owe it to the next generation to ensure that they get all the benefits of some of the amazing things that are happening uh, in the technology space. But we also you know, do everything we can to reduce or remove the risks and the harms that are there as well. You know, We do that in the real world for people and especially for children. And it's crazy to think that we shouldn't do the same in the virtual world. And so I think that perhaps now more than ever, we need these principles embedded right from the outset. So, um, so yes, I very much hope to stay involved in this field. I think there's a lot more to do. And a bit like a parent who hasn't quite come to terms with the fact that their their child has grown up and left home, I will always, there's always a very uh, big place in my heart for the ODPA and the work you've done here. Um, and I'll always have a very keen interest in the work that you continue to do. Well, I think you'll always be a part of it because, you know, you have brought your passion to everybody else. I mean, everyone, I think, in the office, you know, has been able to share that passion and you've, you've helped inspire it in us as well. And I'm sure that you will continue to to make a difference. I mean, it's. I think we're all very proud that you know you do speak internationally and you do so so beautifully and eloquently. And I'm sure that you know the the way you you will leave the ODPA and uh, the future does look very bright for us. And we're very very grateful to you. <laughs> so thank you, Emma. Thank you, Kirsty, for your kind words. Mm-hmm.